professional wrestler and former Ring of Honor Pure Wrestling Champion, Hurricane John Walters. In- What's going on, guys? This is Supermax Hernandez, a.k.a. Hot Stuff Hernandez. What's up, guys? You're listening to Joel Jose Maximo, the SAT. This is Shaheem Ali. This is Crowbar. Hey, this is Jeff Gorman, former announcer for Ring of Honor, and you are listening to the ROH Review. Hello, and welcome to ROH Review, episode 31. I am free-time pro wrestling author, Oliver Newman. And I'm pro wrestling journalist, Stephen Jackson. And uh, this episode is dedicated to the beginning of Pride Month and to the cause that is Black Lives Matter. Uh, we'll come back to that later in the show. How are you doing today, Stephen? Yeah, um, doing well. Been a bit of a hectic week. Busy, busy, busy. <laughs> but no, I'm, uh, and, and as those viewers of YouTube will see, I've decided to grow something impersonating a moustache. <laughs> just because I got bored <laughs> so yeah, yeah. this is <laughs> oh, <it's... laughs> um, but um, but yeah no, it's all good how about you Oliver yeah uh, I'm okay a uh, bit, bit up and down as I mentioned off air and stuff if, if I'm being completely honest um, I wasn't feeling this today but with the the cause that I've just mentioned um I had to be a part of the show, as did Stephen. So, yeah. um, done the work, uh, and I'm sure we'll we'll enjoy it when we get into it. Yeah. But um, yeah, absolutely horrified by the the news that we're seeing late lately, and uh, that's the reason why we're we're going to be talking about it on the show. Um, we're not really a political vehicle, which I guess we're now becoming. It is a wrestling podcast, but. Um, you know, you you have to make a stand, and uh, it's it's yeah, that's that's it really. So um, yeah, uh, over to Stephen for our opening match of our fantasy card. Yes, so our opening match this evening is our future of honor tag team match. It is Rayo and Vinny Pacifico. Against the team of Andy Dalton and Elijah King. And uh, yeah, this had, as we always like to talk about the views, it had 2.8 thousand views on YouTube. So, two and a half, sorry, 2,800 views on YouTube. Um, Rayo um, is a is sort of an income warrior esque wrestler, and he was actually a former soccer star as well. But I don't think they mentioned which actual team he was part of. I presume Brazil or some Brazilian. Some South American team, presumably, I expect, due to his attire and things. Um, the code of all because it was like a an yeah. thing. Incan, yeah. Um, the code of honor was followed by all four men, which is always a nice little thing to touch on. Um, there was some beautiful athleticism from uh, Vinny Pacifico, you know, when he did the Hurricane Run, and he did a beautiful bridge as well um, early in the match, and. One of the things I picked up on commentary was they actually, because this match was taped in Texas for the Road to G1 Supercards show, if I'm correct, was they talked about world, yeah, they talked about world class, which I thought was a nice little touch, which I thought was nice. Um, Great classic tag team formula, you know, the the heels keeping the baby faces away from the, the team member, so working him down. Andy Dalton is one of those guys who, was very similar to Sammy Callahan in his early years when he was, you know, very kind of 
trashy and dirty and in the singlet and you know the spitting and the you know all that kind of stuff. Dirty Andy Dalton. Yeah, dirty Andy Dalton. And um, it was a fun little. It was a fun little match. You know, it was. Um, the crowd didn't. Re- one thing I would say is again, the dojo really does help these matches. The crowd were not. It's really hurt it, but the crowd really weren't there for this thing. Sadly, they didn't really give anything to this match, which I felt was a shame. Um, but Elijah King, I will say, gave an, he delivered an awesome dominator to. Um, Reading my many, notes, like interviewees we <laughs> interview. I've, I've got nothing to say on the match now. You do realise that, don't you? As you were, um, but um, an awesome dominator. Um, so it was, it, it was good. It just suffered by the fact that the crowd just did not give anything to the wrestlers. Sadly, it was a shame because they really worked hard. It just didn't. The crowd just didn't engage. Mm. So it was fun. It was a fun little opener. Yeah. How about you, Oliver? Yeah, like I said, you stole all my best. Uh, things that <laughs> Ian Riccoboni on commentary is cool not taking place in the dojo really hurt the match um, loved the mid uh, the mid match dominator as you mentioned uh, we, we didn't say this at the top of the show I'm wearing a straight edge CM Punk t-shirt Stephen's wearing a uh, Jeff Cobb t-shirt which will come in handy when he's talking about the um, RH World Champion El Toro Blanco Rouge later on as a star spotlight. Quick little story to the, the CM Punk t shirt. And if Steven's got one for the Jeff Cobb one, feel free to share. Yeah. I was at uh, TWC, the Wrestling Channel International Showdown, meeting the wrestlers and uh, picked up the um, the ROH t-shirts and stuff and and for me CM Punk is uh, somebody who follows my lifestyle so um, seeing a straight edge t-shirt was was something that I was like okay I'm gonna have that because um, I don't drink I don't smoke I don't do illicit drugs um, you know I'm not preachy about it like CM Punk is I just live my life but knowing a wrestler uh, lives that lifestyle was actually pretty cool, and I kind of resonated with him, and I followed his career ever since. So um, that is the story behind my T-shirt. It's 15 years old and uh, still going strong, as you can see. Yeah, Stretch does not mean I'm better than you. And <laughs> um, what's the story behind yours, Stephen? I saw this T-shirt online. I liked the design on it. I saw it available at Pro Wrestling Tees. I liked Jeff Cobb, and I bought it. <laughs> Story, man. I tell you what, that, that is, that's worthy of a book in itself. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, on that, on that great note, uh, <laughs> he knows which one of the giggles he's going to bring us. Yeah, so... Um, so it's a cool T-shirt. Come on, that's a right. Yeah, Look yeah. at that. That is Definitely. the design and a half. That that's ja- Japanese writing as well. That's yeah, cool. yeah. Japanese writing at the bottom. Yeah, Oriental. It's all good. So yeah. So in terms of the news, um, I think it will be safe to say that Danhausen is taking over social media and Twitter. He um he's Always. been everywhere. He is. There was a There it is. Yep. Always um, watching. <laughs> He's um, just been... Us... Sorry, Steve. Don't no, get sorry. us taken 
Yeah, Dan Housen. We believe in you. <laughs> we do. Uh, of Housen. Go on. Um, so, yeah, so the Ring of Housen has been on fire this week. Um, during Ring of Honours week by week, we've seen several uh, interjections from Dan Housen uh, and he's received several um, sort of uh, pledges from various different individuals to have him signed to the Ring of Honour roster, including... Um, uh, my childhood hero, Brett the Hitman Hart. Absolutely. And you got your of by Bret Hart. I mean, if that can't get you a Ring of Honor contract, nothing can. No, and former Ring of Honor um, alumni as he appeared at one of their uh, shows in 2009 as well. So it's pretty cool. Um, Bret Hart did, and Randy, the actual Couture UFC Hall of Famer, actually endorsed. We'll use that word like LinkedIn. Endorsed Dan Housen. We in endorsed Dan Housen a long time ago. We did. We, we did. did. Definitely. Right time when uh, the uh, one of the greatest ROH World Television Champions of all time, Shane Taylor, uh, yeah. had a one match against him. <laughs> all the way back then, go listen to it. It's on SoundCloud. It is, the archive. Um, yeah. And he was told as well by Marty Skirl, who he appeared in one of the Twitter skits with, that if his T-shirt sold well enough, he would be um, available to receive, may get a contract and may receive a contract with Ring of Honor. So there is a Ring of Housing, uh, sorry, the Ring of Dan Housing T-shirt available on Ring of Honor um, online store now, which is pretty cool, actually. It's a nice, cool little design. ROHProject.com. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the Ring of Honor recent uh, quiz, which took place uh, on Zoom, was once again a huge success. And um, it appears that from reading the notes that Ian Riccoboni, um is particularly good at maths and he gave some very difficult uh, mathematical questions and answers to the uh, several of the teams involved, which is a pretty nice little touch. Um, yeah. And following on from that, Ian Riccoboni and... Um, Carrie Silkin recorded the last the season finale of their podcast, Last mm-hmm. Stop to a uh, Penn Station, which focused on uh, the road to the Madison Square Garden show last year uh, at WrestleMania weekend, the G1 Supercard. So that's uh, cool, and that's up. I believe that's available now. Um, and that, along with which I'm going into now, Ring of Honor Strong, their pod, Ring of Honor podcast, was the main news this week. Mm-hmm. So following on from that, this week's uh, ROH Strong, uh, which is the official Ring of Honor podcast uh, hosted by Kevin Eck, uh, the guest this week was Ring of Honor Grand Slam champion and leader of the kingdom, uh, Matt Taven. So once again, it was a really long uh, interview. It lasted over an hour and a half, but... It was, as with all of these episodes of the ROH Strong Podcast, they've all been great, really insightful to all of the people involved. Uh, Matt Taven is a guy who I'm a big fan of. Um, He talked about his several years getting... He really covered his whole career in so much detail. He talked about recently when he rewatched his first match for the first time, TV match, which was fun to hear about his experiences because he hadn't seen it since it had first aired, which is cool. Uh, he talked about the various surgeries he'd gone through in his most recent ankle surgery and that he's feeling great now, but he's frustrated by the fact that with the lockdown situation, he can't 
physically see his doctor to get cleared or to get any kind of medical information. It's all via Zoom, which must be frustrating if you have some kind of physical injury, which had only really occurred to me at that point, which was yeah. cool. Um, he talked about the fact that the match against Jay Lethal, which was the main event of the 17th anniversary show last year, was his favourite and probably his greatest match of all time, the 60-minute um, draw for the Ring of Honor World Championship, which he felt was what put him over the top with the management to allow him to then, he sees it together along with the MSG match, the ladder match, um, mm-hmm. which was a really nice little touch. Now, I do recommend people go and see that match because it does, it, it's long, but it really does show just how um, good both guys are in the ring, both Jay Lethal and Matt Taven, and how well they work together because you've got to understand they'd worked together previously for like the past, as they mentioned on the podcast, for the past five plus years. So they knew each other inside out, and this was their moment to have that 60 minute draw. I mean, Jay Lethal had previously had one with Roderick Strong, so this yep. was his kind of second uh, 60 minute draw, but this one was definitely the better of the two, and that's saying something, I believe. Yep. Um, and the other nice little thing he talked about as well was that he talked about um, his uh, recent um, showings in CML, sorry, CMLL, so in down in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool hearing how he was asked actually go, to go down there by the CMLL staff and um, higher ups and it because of Ring of Honor's relationship. And it really did, as he mentioned in the podcast, help him develop as a main event wrestler because he was given that opportunity to be in the main event of their anniversary show and the match we recently reviewed for the ROH review between himself and Ultimo Guerrero was put together on the fly as he mentioned both men himself and Ultimo don't have any common language in terms of one gentleman speaks English the other gentleman speaks Spanish so it's all based on body language and you know, mutual sort of understanding. And yeah, it was, again, a phenomenal match. And it was a really interesting interview, really fun. Nothing was, it didn't drag. He's a really great interview subject. He's really fun to listen to. And I would recommend everyone, much like the Dalton Castle and the Joe Hendry one last week, definitely got your way to listen to this thing because it really does give you a different perspective on one of the biggest stars in the company. Absolutely. And then from this, uh, we're going to start talking about ads and partnerships and stuff. So, firstly, um, our hosts, Broken Book Glorious Wrestling Podcast Network, have a, a partnership with Powerslam.tv. You can watch uh, uh, 7,000 hours, I believe it is now, from 150-plus promotions. Might be a little bit more, but um, I can't say I've, I've seen this ad lately, so bear with me. Um, you can watch that on us for free using the code Broken Free, and yeah, that brings us swiftly on to our mid card match. And in this instance, it is a Women of Honor match, which is a Future of Honor match. Stay with us. This is this is how it is. And it is between Faye Jackson, who is an ROH product, and Karen Q, who is the only Chinese American wrestler around, according to her interview. <laughs> so the the plus points for this, as I look on my trusty notes, there we go, is it's taking place in the ROH Dojo, which is always a big plus. 
Um, I love the tagline, Karen Q knows more than you. She could, you know, she's a poet and I guess she knows it. Mm-hmm. 144,000 views says no to women's wrestling in <laughs> Ring of Honor. Um, cartwheel moves were beautiful by Karen Q. That lady has some amazing athleticism. And then she followed it up with a big slap to the face. Um, Ian Riccoboni on commentary is always brilliant. And a brutal submission. Um, might have to throw this to you, Stephen, of the, for the name of the submission. And basically, uh, Faye has to tap. I referred to it as a reverse dragon sleeper, as I didn't catch the name of the actual move itself. But I yeah. know that it's similar to a dragon dragon sleeper. Um, yeah. But yeah, once again, love this thing. Oh, the ROH Dojo really gives a different perspective to a lot of these things. I love the fact there were so many wrestlers on the outside of the ring watching this thing who'd been part of previous Future Honor matches we've covered. Um, and it was interesting to know this was the first Women of Honor match to take place in the dojo as well, which I feel was a massive um, you know, kudos to both women for making that history. Um, yeah. As women, you know, women's wrestling and, and, and wrestling advocates, because it shouldn't be really gender related. Um, this was obviously historic, wasn't it? Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the uh, referee for this match, if any of you were eagle eyed, was Ryan Nova of the Shinobi Shadow Squad, um, which I suddenly realised as I uh, saw them um, sort of sizing up for the Code of Honour, which they did at the ATO. Um, this was a really fun women's match. I love the fact that Faye Jackson is fun and the fact that she, say this was like her third or fourth match, she really, well, it, she looked so much better than you would expect. And um, Karen Q is just, you know, unbelievable. She, the way she works, the way she, her mannerisms in the ring, her heel mannerisms are on point mm. and her athleticism is unbelievable the yeah. um the chocolate uh the chocolate thunder was countered by karen q as well which i think is a great move yeah. um, which was obviously then when it led into the finish and um she the, the both women as well have gone on to appear in several future one matches we've watched and i believe karen q is now part of the WWE Performance Centre, I believe, if I've looked correctly on Twitter, if that's right. Is she part of... I know she's appeared on NXT, but I believe she's now a Performance Centre um, employee, as in, like, a, a trainee. Not yeah, actually... I, like, still a wrestler, yeah. but just in the, like, house shows and things. Yeah, so she's yeah. gone on to great things. And Faye Jackson's cutting, you know, tearing it up, sorry, on the, um, on the independent scene. So definitely a great match, and I recommend... The views don't lie. 144,000 views, don't lie. This is fun. Yep. The crowd, the, the wrestlers are into it. Definitely got you in and watch this. Absolutely. And that takes us uh, swiftly on to the reason why there is an RH review. And that is the Star Spotlight, which is shone brightly this time on the uh, current reigning defending ROH world champion, uh, the two time ROH world champion in this. Uh, goes back to his first reign, Arturo Blanco, and leader of La Fashion, Bruce. 
And since Stephen is such a big fan of Roosh, he's uh, decided he wants to take the lead on this. And me not being egocentric at all, I'm going to let him. Yeah, so um, this was another really fun episode of Ring of Honor Wrestling. The highlights package to open up the show was a ton of fun. The interview which he gave, mentioning that he was the first uh, Mexican Ring of Honor World Champion, was really cool as well. Um, both uh, he had the English um, speaking English and Spanish, so subtitles, much like Dragon Lee appeared, which was um, a nice little touch. And then it led into the first match on the show, which was uh, Dragon. Uh, sorry, which was Roosh win- winning his first Ring of Honor World Championship against Matt Taven, which took place at Death Before Dishonor 2019 in Las Vegas. Um, And I believe that this match as well, for any of you, is available on YouTube if you just want to watch this particular match for free. Um, But it is available here as well um, on this week's Ring of Honor TV. Um, The reason I mentioned Dragon Lee's name is because himself and his uncle, so Roosh's uncle, were actually in the audience along with Roosh's family. Um, yep. to watch this one as it took place, which was cool. Yep, Roosh's attire was really cool for the entrance as well and Taven's crown, so the big match feel to this really came through. Yeah, The Code of Honour wasn't followed, <laughs> which is always one of those <laughs> things I always like to catch up with, whether it does or doesn't get followed. Yeah, Ian Cabane was amazing and awesome on commentary in this match. He made this thing feel like it was one of the biggest world title matches in a long time. And it really added to the presentation on screen. Um, it was very, if you've seen the Ultimo Guerrero match Matt Taven had, it's very Lucha Libre heavyweight-esque. And there's a lot of shenanigans on the outside. There's a lot of um, sort of big power moves. There's a lot of punching and kicking and striking. And not much of your traditional sort of, you know, catchers can wrestle in what we're used to. It's like a WWF attitude match. In a sense, yeah, there's a lot more outside work, more so than inside yeah. work. Um, Taven delivered an amazing suplex to Roosh where he lifted him over the top rope and put him to the outside. So it was almost like a Falcon arrow from the apron, which I've never seen before, which looked amazing. Mm. which was then followed by a suicide dive and a flight of the conqueror, which is his uh, a suicide dive, sorry, a baseball slide, and then uh, the flight of the conqueror, which is his big splash over the top, which is always cool to see. Yeah. Um, it was then kind of a match of striking, so there was super kicks, there was drop kicks, there was a missile drop kick. Uh, Rouge actually delivered a J-driller to Matt Taven, which was shocking because oh. I didn't expect that. Uh, which he did, Ian Riccoboni said he delivers in Mexico, which was shocking, but Taven actually kicked out at two. Mm -hmm. Taven delivered the Climax DDT, which looks vicious. Every time he does it, it looks vicious, much like the stroke, but you land the gentleman also on the top of his cranium, so it crashed him into the map. But that was a two. Um, And then from there, um, Rouge hit the bull's horns, twice when he was tied in the tree of war Matt Taven and then hit it a third time for the victory mm-hmm. so it was a vet and then the code of honour what was cool is that the streamers fell Dragon Lee and his uncle came into the ring along with Roosh and his family Taven came into the ring and for one second you thought oh he's going to end up attacking him but actually the code of honour was adhered to by Taven which is always a great thing to see because it does 
hark back to the early years of Ring of Honor where it was about the athleticism and the wrestling match as opposed to a winner and a loser, which I always think is a nice touch. Yep. So definitely a match to go out of your way and watch. And then from there, we had a brief highlights of a promo the next night where Roosh and Dragon Lee and his uncle, who na- whose name eludes me, so if anyone's able to fill that in, please do that because I just it eludes me. But Roosh just said, basically it just said, nothing happens until I say it happens and then posed with the title and that was yeah. kind of it. But on the TV show, obviously it was longer, but they cut it down, condensed it for this episode of Ring of Honor TV, which then led into a highlights package and the main event of this week's Ring of Honor TV between the world champion Roosh and the wrestler I'm wearing my T-shirt for this week, the Hawaiian juggernaut, Jeff Cobb, which amazingly took place back at the Honor United Tour in um, Bolton here in the UK. And um, another nice little touch, um, and I want to thank them here on air as well. Uh, Ring of Honor, actually, after I contacted them, um, offered the hospice I work for for exclusive tickets and backstage passes to the show, which we auctioned off as prizes at our recent ball So uh, last year, which was wonderful, and received some really lovely messages from the people who received the tickets and from the executives. So means yeah. a lot that, you know, to be able to do that. So I was trying to pick out the people in the crowd, but it was too dark to see them. <laughs> That's just further proof that our wage cares, isn't it, Stephen? Yeah. Yeah, it is, absolutely. And um, I just want to say thank you again for everyone at Ring of Honor for their support of what they offered for us. And it really was such a wonderful thing to be able to give, you know, the supporters and the funds what we raised. So thank you so much. Um, And from there, yeah, um, we led into the main event between Roosh and Jeff Cobb. The staging for this show was great. It took place in the uh, Bolton... Um, football stadium which is now the University of Bolton Stadium so it had a nice little kind of intimate feel but it it felt a really cool little venue for a wrestling for a wrestling show um, once again the Code of Honour was not a deal so. University, oh, University of Bolton alumni hello see he's always a circle Oliver he's always a circle the circle that goes round and round, circle, and round. exactly Um once again, the Code of Honor was not adhered to. Roosh obviously doesn't like adhering to the Code of Honor at the beginning of matches. You know, some people don't. Um, Ru- there was a lot of taunting at the beginning of this match. Um, Cobb, Jeff Cobb, really showed his strength off. A really strong released pump handle suplex to um, Roosh was devastating. The crowd were into this thing a lot. Um Roosh ended up getting really power, sorry, really fired up and showed his power through some uh, big um, shoulder barges and some big suplexes of his own. Um, some knees and German suplexes were vicious. There was also an armbar over the top rope, which was particularly right. vicious. Yeah, um, which I thought was great. He actually, Roosh actually somehow delivered a Mexican destroyer, which is the Canadian destroyer, to Jeff Cobb, amazingly, um, which was followed by a nasty clothesline from Jeff Cobb, which I thought was an awesome little, uh, you know, sequence between the two. And it was a ton of fun. And one thing what I did think was a really nice little thing as well was that Roosh 
um, had the um, had the bull's horns counted into a vicious looking uh, spear from Jeff Cobb, much like Goldberg's spear back in WCW. Like he didn't just run into him with his shoulder; he actually grabbed his whole body and took him down like in a full on uh, football tackle, which I thought was great. Like um, a UFC mount. Yeah, yeah, and it looked devastating. And then, um, but from there, Cobb lost the advantage and then uh, Rouge hit the bull's horns twice for the victory with the Code of Honour being a dear to and a successful defence for Cobb. Sorry, for, for Rouge. Um, but the Code of Honour was adhered to by both gentlemen. So he doesn't like adhering to it at the beginning, but he does at the end. So we're all happy. So it's all all right. Um, and then finally, and then finally, there was just two quick highlights packages. The first of which was Rouge and PCO from Final Battle. Don't worry, Oliver, we didn't see the whole thing, so you know, it's uh, we missed out on it this time. <laughs> and then the second of which was the introduction of La Fashion, um, up in uh, Final Battle Fallout in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, with Kenny King and Dragon Lee joining Roosh, um, with the interaction between themselves and uh, Villain Enterprises. Yeah. And then following on from there, it just quickly caught up with um, Roosh's second world title win, which was at Glory by Honor 2020, where Roosh won the title for a second time in the three-way between himself, PCO, and Mark Haskins. Mm-hmm. Um, he left with a really good closing promo, though did Roosh about excited to get back in the ring, Hopes everyone stays safe. Um, is ready to show the world why he's the best wrestler in the world today. And yeah, it was it was a good episode of Ring of Honor TV. It really showcased Roosh in the past year and his two most significant, well, his most significant world title win followed on from his, you know, probably most significant uh, defense. Yeah. So fun stuff. And definitely check it out this week. It's definitely one of those I would say definitely got your way to watch. Well, I'm glad you took the lead on it because the the Fight Network UK version didn't have some of the stuff you've talked about. All oh, right, okay. The Taven Rouge match was highlights. Ah. Uh, um. And yeah, it, I guess it had. Uh, the, the PCO highlights and stuff, but it was only 45 minutes long with breaks. Uh, so it cut a decent chunk of it. So I'm glad you covered that, Stephen. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And then uh, from there, more ads, because that's what the people want. So we've got to give it them. And in this instance, it's my books. So first of all, we have my British wrestling book, A Fan's Perspective, One Man's Exploration of British Wrestling. In the early years of the new millennium, three men led the charge in British wrestling, Wonder Kid Johnny Storm, Doug Williams, and the Phoenix Jody Flesh, who I interviewed. So uh, go and check that out on our SoundCloud. This book is the story of my first hearing about British wrestling being talked about, excuse me, on British radio via talk point in 2001, all the way through to the first few months, 2007 on my almost two-year quest to prove British wrestling was as good as its counterparts in the United States, Japan, Mexico, and beyond. This tells my story of my fandom uh, from 1991 until 2007 in this book. 
Why am I mentioning an ROH wrestling show? Well, because I was at Unified in uh, August 2006 in Liverpool, England. And I was at the same hotel as the wrestlers in uh, March 2007. And I was at the Liverpool Double Shot in 2007 too. So that's why it's mentioned in this book. Uh, next up is a fan's perspective. 2016, what a year to be a fan of WB. You might think this is weird to be advertising on the Ring of Honor show, and I completely agree. <laughs> but um, because of the ROH alumni in this book, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Kevin Steen, who's now Kevin Owens, Tyler Black, who's now Seth Rollins, uh, etc. Uh, it's definitely worth talking about. So 2016 was a truly great year to be a fan of World Wrestling Entertainment. Join me as I take you on a journey through every pay-per-view, Raw and SmackDown Live, NXT TakeOver and WWE Network Special. Read my alternative WrestleMania 32 booking, plus my thoughts and insights on all of 2016's major matches, storyline segments, and major news stories throughout this ground, greatest historical and groundbreaking times. And lastly, my third book is a fan's perspective, How My Lifelong Dream Became a Nightmare. 2008 was a historical year in professional wrestling. Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels contested one of, if not the best, pro wrestling feud of all time. I continued writing and reporting on the UK scene. My lifelong dream attending the WrestleMania at WrestleMania 24 Live came true, and I met my childhood hero, Brett the Hitman Hart. 2008 is the year WWE could have catapulted my modern-day favorite wrestler, Paul London, to the main event. They didn't, so I fantasy booked him there. 2008 also had some great matches. I share my thoughts on some of the best. Lastly, 2008 was a big year in terms of the women's wrestling evolution we are now living through. I explain how we've got here. And as a special bonus, I share my thoughts on the beginning of 2009. All three books are available on uh, Amazon in paperback and Kindle, free on Kindle Limited. I will point you in the direction of my big cartel, uh, fansperspective.bigcartel.com, and it's for one very special reason. Uh, the price is the same as Amazon, but 50% of the money goes to a charity of your choice. So uh, hopefully you'll, uh, you'll buy the books and we can help charities out as well as anyone else. Um, you know, let's help. let's help everyone, not just me. And um, available at Pro Wrestling Cartel in Birmingham, England. Unfortunately, it's not open currently because of coronavirus. So, uh, yeah, all three books. And uh, thank you very much for your support up until this point. Stephen owns the British and the Nightmare book. Tell them how good it is, Stephen. Brilliant books. Highly envious, as I said before, that I wasn't at Unified or Supercard of Honor 3 or um, the 2007 double shot in Ring of Honor history. So, yeah, great book. Yeah, and, and as Steve just mentioned now, I was at the Orlando Double Shot in 2008. That's why it's in, mm-hmm. in this book. It's about the ROH review and bloopers because that seems to be the theme of this show. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yep, next up, we are going to our main events of the evening which is a throwback match for the ROH World Television Championship between uh, rising star uh, time splitters and, I guess, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Kushida. 
against the ROH World Television Champion, along with one of the greatest managers I've seen in Ring of Honor history. I uh, love you, Truth. Uh, Truth Martini of the House of Truth, and he's a champion, Jay Lethal. So um, regarding this match, Kevin Kelly and Steve Carina on commentary, they're a, a great tandem. Love the tale of the tape. That adds so much to anything. Uh, Martini interferes. Uh, the referee, Todd Sinclair, throws him out. Uh, super hot crowd. This is awesome, Chance. It's uh, set in the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City and 17,000 views. Uh, those are the main takeaways I had, Stephen. What did you make of this? Yeah, this was, um, you know, phenomenal. Uh, this was during a time, you've said before, Oliver, that you were a lapsed fan of Ring of Honor. Um, at this point in time, New Japan was really picking up pace. Um, 2013 was when New Japan had had probably its best year in a decade. And then, if not more, and then 2014, they started the international excursion over to the US. So this was a dream match for a lot of people. And Lethal and Kushida, the break, like you said, the tail of the tape in terms of the actual um, height and weight was very similar. And it really added to the match. You know, um, I loved this match when I saw it originally, and I loved it again when I rewatched it for the podcast. The um, Code of Honor, as we always say, I always like to say, was followed by both men. The opening is this match as well. Code of Honor, people. If, if you hadn't realised it by now, then then you're, you're doing that, <laughs> I guess. Um, the one thing I love about the beginning of this match is the, uh, you know, the counters and the reversals and the speed they were working at. And then when Jay went to the outside and, you know, was being, um, you know, given a pep talk by Truth, who is one of the best managers of all time. It's unbelievable how good he is. The fans um, went crazy that uh, athletic sequence, didn't they? Yeah. And leaving out the ring. That was yeah. a thing. Of- yeah. And, you know, the, the, the thing is as well that... Um, Kashida, we see him now in NXT. Um, he he can the amount he's able to do in the ring. You know, I haven't seen a lot of his WWE work, but from seeing his work in New Japan, he can he can work like he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. He really is, and Jay Lethal is as well. Yeah. And the one of the love the spots I loved was when um, Kashida was in the Tree of War, and then Jay Lethal was giving the boot to him, and then Truth Martini got the selfie in with his phone, which I thought was one of the nice little touches in the match. I thought that was great. Um, the springboard chop and then the moon salt from uh, Kashida was a great little spot, which got a huge ovation, mm-hmm. and then the tornado DDT, which Kashida delivered, was great as well. Yeah. Um, it was and then the massive Frankensteiner as well from Kushida it was a really good showcase for him in the US and mm-hmm. the um, the finish with the lethal, lethal injection you know was a really solidified way to end it and yeah. you know lethal was then this was actually leading into the year long reign he had before he became the Ring of Honor World Champion so this was at the start of his reign in the match we recently reviewed for the Ring of Honor review 
which was the Jay Lethal spotlight. So this mm-hmm. led into the, looking at that match. You see how long he held the belt for and how many people yeah. he faced and things. So this is one of those several defences leading into that match. Before um, he beat Jay Briscoe, do you mean? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Jay Briscoe, sorry. Yeah, great stuff. Definitely go out of your way to see it. It's a part of Ring Honor history, which, you know, if you're a lapsed fan, definitely go out of your way to watch this thing. It was fun um, and just enjoy it. Um, so, yeah, great main event. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, we've shone a spotlight on on these issues on, on the last few shows, and we're going to continue to do so. So, um, you know, me and Stephen are mental health advocates, first of all. Um, during this really tough time uh, of social distancing, isolation, lockdown, uh, say to, to reach out if you're struggling. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, I've had an up and down day myself and kind of powered through because of the importance of this show um, and spoke to Stephen off air about it. So I reached out. So if I can do it, hopefully you can too. Um, in In terms of how to do it personally i don't think via a text message or an instant message because you can't really gauge a person and how they're feeling so please reach out well reach out however you like but you know just personal feelings um you know a voice note a phone call or a video call um is imperative and please always reach out because you are worth it you are enough you are unique there's, there's only one of you in the world, and the world would be a worse off place if you weren't around. So um, keep keep powering on. Um, like John Cena says, never give up. Um, it always comes back to wrestling. Um, and and yeah, stay strong, and we'll we'll get through this. Is there anything you'd like to add, Stephen? Yeah, just um, just to everyone. We're, we're thankfully. I think we can all relate, thankfully, in this situation to one another due to us all suffering from this situation at the same time. Um, just keep yourselves as motivated as possible. Always reach out to whoever you like through social media or whatever medium works best for you. And as I've said before on the show, th- this is something we do. At the end of the day, this is something we do for fun. We love, we not only love talking about you know, Ring of Honor, we love being able to chat about and have a laugh and chat about things, myself and Oliver. And if through our, you know, nonsense talking of several matches, we can make people for an hour or an hour and a bit feel better about this situation every week and look forward to, you know, our rambles, then it makes me realise that we're doing something good and making people hopefully feel more positive than negative. If we make feel, people feel negative... Negative energy, send, send it to at DJ215. Just what I was about to say. Exactly the same. He, he wants to get his, his Twitter handle in. I've said he's not allowed to do it anymore, so just all the hate. Um, no, in, in all seriousness, it's, like I said, the, the reason why we're taking this on and stuff is because we have a platform and it, it should be used. If you've got a platform, then you, you use it for positivity and good. Yeah. And, and that's what we want to do. Um, and, and once again, we, we stand for no bullying or anti-bullying uh, as advocates of that as well. Um, no to bullying, uh, either, uh, you, you know, regardless of age, no to cyberbullying. We, we did a special last week on a, a wonderful lady that's no longer with us. 
Um, and that is the effects of cyberbullying. So no to any bullying whatsoever. Um, we're all unique. We're all different. We're all on this world with a purpose. Um, you know, if no one's doing any harm to you, just just leave them alone um, and let them live their lives. Uh, live and let live, isn't it? Um, anything you'd like to say on this, Stephen? Yeah, just... You know, it, there's no need to, at this moment in time, you know, we're all having to use social media a lot more. We're all having to rely on social media a lot more and, you know, instant messaging and the like because we're not able to be near one another and don't push people away from being able to use that source to make them, you know, make themselves feel better. You know, we we just want to be able to share our feelings and our love of not only wrestling but just our you know I would say ourselves but you know what's going on and there's no need to spread hatred you know it doesn't need to be done and especially to specific individuals and to make people feel that they can't you know share themselves with what well you know they're not able to share how they're feeling or make friends and stuff like that you know it's it helps you. This time is a time when you need to rely on one another more so than ever. So don't do it. It's not. It's not right. It shouldn't happen. And I really vehemently am against any kind of bullying, cyber or otherwise. So don't do it. Yeah. And once again, like John Cena said, uh, continue to rise above hate. Um. Yeah, and and obviously another thing that we're uh, very passionate about is helping the homeless. Um, that there shouldn't be homeless people on the streets worldwide. Um, you know, the, it's it's very difficult to see that on you know in in today's world or yesterday's world or in the future. You know what I mean? It's um, something that you're not too far away from yourself. You have a little bit of bad luck here and there. Bills can't be paid, etc. And all of a sudden your world comes tumbling down. So um I'll do my bit to help homeless, uh, you know, give give out food and stuff and, and try and help in any way I can. Um and like Stephen mentioned last week, have a chat, uh try to do anything you can to to help somebody who's who's less fortunate than you. I'm sure this is something you believe in uh, 100%, Stephen. Yeah. Um, you know, it, especially during this time of COVID, it must be, I can't even imagine what it must be like being homeless with all of the social isolation going on and all of these, um, you know, findings and worries, what's going on with the COVID situation. Um, homelessness is something which can affect anyone at any time through anything, um, it's not something you want to happen, obviously. It's something that can happen. Mm-hmm. And once again, you know, I don't want perceptions of homelessness to be that some people, you know, put it on themselves by bad mistakes when that's not the case. Sometimes it can just be complete bad luck or completely out of their hands, an awful victim of circumstance, and it's not their fault. And just reach out and help people at the end of the day. You know, it, it, it's not like anyone's, you know, chooses to live that way. And if they do, that's, again, some people, if you want to live that way, that's fine. But at the end of the day, a lot of people don't. So just so just see if you can help in some way or another, whether it be food, money, volunteering, whatever you want to do or whatever you can do, just help. 
Yeah. And uh, from this, we're going to talk about Stephen's work on the Western State. Before he does, um, I've seen a few tweets this week. Uh, One with your top 10 cruiserweights. Um, Fantastic article. And one where you interviewed a, a budding photographer as well. And that was a fantastic interview. Ah, oh, thank you. you. Want to segue into your your ad. Yeah, go. yeah. So um, I myself am a, a wrestling journalist, as at the top of the show, um, with the Wrestling Estate. So you can find us on Twitter at the Wrestling EST uh, on Google uh, if you search for the Wrestling Estate. My most recent article was an interview, as I'll ever mentioned, with um, wrestling photographer Kane uh, Wharton, who's actually photographed some Ring of Honor shows, as well as AEW, um, Game Changer Wrestling, Impact, various other independent shows. It was a great interview. He was really open, so I want to thank Kane here on the show now for his um you know, his answers and his kindness in letting me interview him. So he's been so humble. Um, And his photographs as well. Please do search him out because his photographs are incredible. You know, he's photographed people like the Pentagon Jr., um, the great Muta, Cody of AEW. Yeah, Um, he's great at his work. So it was a real privilege to interview him. Mm -hmm. And as well as myself, you can read the articles uh, my colleagues write about WWE, Impact Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling and Independent Scene. We have a monthly newsletter which you can sign up for on the website. And each week we have a weekly roundtable which we all take part in um, through a series of questions sent out by our editor John, um, which we all take part in. And myself and Oliver actually took part in one of those um, one of those uh, roundtables, which was a Mount Rushmore of Ring of Honor, which was a ton of fun. Um, yeah. So definitely check us out uh, at the Wrestling Estate at the Wrestling EST. Absolutely. Uh, and from here, just quickly, some links and plugs. Uh, we're very proud to be a part of the Broken But Glorious Wrestling Podcast Network. Uh, find them on Twitter at BBG Wrestling, and the website is bbgwrestling.com. Uh, we have to pay for the SoundCloud and the website, so if you'd like to donate in any way, shape, or form during this tough time, we'd appreciate it paypal.me forward slash bbgwpod and for ourselves at the rh review it's at rh review on twitter at rh review on instagram um our facebook is facebook.com forward slash rh review 2019 so that's when we're established our youtube is one of those you've got to put in the description and our email for suggestions feedback and comments is rohreview at outlook.com so yeah and as we uh, finish the show we uh, mention this at the top of the hour so um firstly it's pride month and uh, we're, we're very proud to um to talk about that uh, we want inclusivity we want equality for all and um yeah to to our fans who are celebrating pride then uh you know uh, enjoy enjoy the month and um you'll always be allowed to be fans of the rh review absolutely and if you want to add Stephen, yeah just that you know once again 
we're all people at the end of the day. No one should be discriminated against. Everyone's an individual. And it's always a pleasure to meet new fans from new walks of life anywhere in the world. And, you know, I always enjoy Pride Month due to, you know, learning about new artistic work and new, um, you know, initiatives and things. And I just hope everyone, especially in lockdown, has a great Pride Month wherever you are. And you're always welcome to either, you know, listen to the show or even come on the show or ask us any questions about anything. You know, we're always open to different perspectives. So thank you. Absolutely. And uh, much like last week, we, we have to uh, finish in an unfortunate matter, but it's something we, we have to shine a light on. Um, and that is Black Lives Matter. Um what happened to, to George Floyd in uh, Minnesota? It was an absolute disgrace. Um, it shouldn't have happened. Uh, we might not uh, know your struggle, but we stand with you. We support you. And, uh, you know, black, know that Black Lives Matter as much as well, they've always mattered. And they'll matter today and they'll matter tomorrow and they'll matter in the future. And uh, we stand with you. Um, anything you'd like to add to that, Stephen? Yeah. Um, the situation, what's taken place, has, you know, brought a lot of unease and a lot of uh, angst, which shouldn't happen in this day and age, and never in the current you know, 21st century or in history it shouldn't happen. We're all, again, we're all individuals. We're all, you know, humans. What happened to George was horrible. Um, and, you know, it, it just fighting for equality, fighting for, you know, fellow man. We, uh, it, like, when you listen about, like, for example, just as, you know, like in the wrestling industry and you hear about these stories of, you know, the racial inequality and things, and it's just horrible. And then, you know, that's just in a, section of the community when you see it on a grander scale it really does you know make you realize what's been going on and just like oliver said just to hark what he said you know we stand by you with what's happening we don't want this to carry on we want everyone to be able to you know live their lives the best they can and i want to send my condolences out to george's friends to his family and to the people of the world to be honest because I know this has hit a lot of people with what's happened and it, it it's it's horrible it's it's just not it shouldn't have happened and we need to make a change and it needs to stick there's the change it can't keep going back or can't keep changing to what it should what's happening there needs to be a change to the future and let's hope it's well I hope it's sooner rather than later yeah, uh, and like you said there, just to echo your thoughts, uh, there's there's one race, and that's the human race. That's that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, not Obviously not just George Floyd, but to anyone who's suffered injustice um, because of their skin colour, it's, it's an absolute uh -huh. disgrace. Yeah. And The Rock said it best, see, it always comes back to wrestling. And if there's a vote, which we can't be involved in for United States president, the next one, it really should be Dwayne Johnson. 
the man knows the people and he's the people's champion. He is. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, just, just to finish off, we are um, so incredibly proud of the ROH review. Um, hopefully you don't mind the stances we've, we've taken. It's become more than a wrestling review show, I guess. But um, you have a platform. You have 21,000 people that listen to you. You have to use it. And we'll, uh, we'll do that. Um, hopefully you'll stay with us. Uh, we understand if, if that doesn't happen, then that's just one of those. But, um, yeah, we're so very proud of, of our show. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts for the, all the listens. Uh, the YouTube views have just passed 900, I think, since January. Um, so it's amazing, all the retweets, all the likes, all the uh, comments, all the interviewees that have t- the interviews that have taken place, all the ones to come. Um, it's fantastic, obviously, uh, for ourselves, reaching out and speaking to Jeff Gorman, who was our latest interviewee about all things uh, extreme warfare revenge and the kind comments he keeps putting on uh, on twitter for everyone to see it's it's really humbling um we're so so very grateful yeah um, once again don't know the situation regarding this week because this is this is thursday night and uh, we usually recorded on monday night but obviously the show got turned around and stuff um, so bear with us. You'll always have an RH review, either solo or duo. And yeah, personally, once again, uh, for myself, I uh, just want to say a huge thank you for all the birthday wishes. And uh, and uh, yeah, uh, had a really good day. Um, I don't know if he wants to be thanked publicly, but uh, my modern day favorite wrestler, Paul London, got in contact and wished me happy birthday. And I was on cloud nine. So, uh, huge thank you for doing that, Paul. You didn't have to, and it meant, meant the world. Um, yeah. So, uh, that's tonight's ROH review. And I am free time pro wrestling author Oliver Newman. And I'm pro wrestling journalist Stephen Jackson. And until next time, that's us signing out. Have a great week. Uh, enjoy your weekend. And uh, stay safe and well. And if you're going to protest, do it peacefully, please. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Bye for now. Bye. See you, everyone. See you. Bye.